Hey, hey, we are the Adorable Boys, and we're just podcasting around, but we're too busy producing original content to listen to the Cow Towers. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. So glad to have you here. So glad that you enjoy what we're doing on the podcast. Uh, we got a lot to do this week. Really excited about everything. Big, big presidential debate. We got to talk about that. I have some views, as I'm sure you all think I would. Uh, let's see what else. There's, there's just a whole bunch of stuff in the news. President Trump tested positive for coronavirus. That's big news. What else is there? Just a whole bunch. We got some stuff to do. We got. I'm, I'm just happy, happy about having the podcast. Happy about getting to talk to you, the adorable boy disciples, each and every week. And uh, actually, we've just started. I'm sure you're familiar. Uh, multiple times a week, we got Podtober going on right now. Podtober, the first annual Podtober. Uh, it's just we uh, we take. I explained it in the, in this week's Podtober, but you know, in case you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that yet, what we do is we just we we take radio shows that aren't doing it right or broadcast really it could be radio show, maybe a podcast, who knows. And we just tell them what they're doing wrong. And that's it. And hopefully they'll they'll learn from it and they'll do better. It is, in, in fact, the goal of October, of, of Podtober. It's to to just help. It's, it's, to, it's to take my, my years of broadcasting and the other adorable boys, which we pray they're okay. I'm going to find you one day. I'm going to bring you home, adorable boys. But it's to take our, our experience and help other shows with it. Because... You know the old saying goes, you know, a society is is good when it when people. I'm paraphrasing here, when people will plant a tree that they'll never sit under. You know, and that's what we're doing. We're trying to make broadcasting better, and maybe it won't be better in our lifetime, but knowing that it'll be better in the future is enough for us. Magnanimous, key word when dealing with the adorable boys. We are definitely magnanimous. Okay, I had a pretty good week. Yeah, you know. Big celebrity. I've been running in the park. You paparazzi everywhere. Whatever. You know, you get to the point where where I used to be mad. I used to confront them in my younger days, but I I can't do that anymore. There's just no reason to. They're gonna get the pictures. They're gonna be in places. I think I always look good. You know, I think I've also think. You know, really, I've I've transcended the need for people's approval on my physical appearance. Though most people do approve of my physical appearance. And, you know, it's just, it's, I go run in the park, there's pictures. I go to a restaurant, there's pictures. I go on a date, there's pictures. There's always pictures of me. And, but the, the you know, I'm not complaining. I'm really not. Because I understand that's a trade off as a celebrity, as a, a cultural touchstone. I, did I ask for it? No. But that's how this works. I knew that getting into it. I can't very well complain about it now because i mean if if i didn't if it was really that bad i would stop doing the podcast i would i would go you know i have plenty of money made a lot of money in the radio biz the broadcasting biz international podcast now so i have a lot of money i don't need to do this i do it because of a passion you know the passion for for what i do and the passion for speaking to you and my passion for entertaining you that's that's the point here. Um, so that's you know that's it. 
Adorable Boy Towers are pretty quiet today. I mean, there's some people. I think uh, Sales went out for a retreat, so they're not here. So it's, it's, it's almost, there are people here, but it almost seems like a ghost town because usually it's so bustling and now it's just kind of normal. You know, what you would expect from your work-a-day jobs. Frank and Beans is here with us. He still can't work a microphone. You know how stupid producers are. So he'll be setting things up. I want to thank him for uh, Podtober. He he kind of cuts up the uh, the clips and all that and brings them. And he's he's really in charge of Podtober. So thank you, Frank and Beans, for your work. Pete Johnson is around here somewhere. I'd love to get him on air. We tried to last week, but he kind of disappeared. He can be a wild card. Frank and Beans, if you're listening out there, can you get me some more water? Thank you. All right, so big show plan. We better get it started, I'd say. You know? So here we go. What you've all what you all look forward to each and every week. It is the Podcast Alright, great. Oh, that sounds weird. Did Frank oh, thanks for the water, Frank. Did uh Pete Johnson is he out there? Yeah. Did he did he do anything? I mean I sound different now, I feel like. No, I mean he okay, well, I mean I guess this will work. I sound alright, I just sound a little bit different. Maybe it's just in my headphones. Alright, anyway. Podcast war time. Doing something a little bit different for this week's podcast war. You know, I've been talking a lot, and again, I'm going to come out right here and say it. This is regarding Jim Cornette. By the way, well, first things first, I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen, Jim, I gave you adequate time to sign the treaty to officially surrender in the podcast war. You blocked us on Twitter effectively surrendering. All we wanted, all we needed you to do, wanted you to do, was to sign a treaty and then agree to the conditions and then the podcast war would be over. But you couldn't do that there, Jim. You couldn't do it. So, treaty's off the table. No more no more chance for peace, Jim. Not not this time. You come back, you, 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 you... Sometimes something like this is what it takes to get a person to do what's best. So if that happens, come to us and we'll see if we can draw up another treaty. But we're not, we're not going to guarantee that we'll make the same concessions as we did in the first one. We thought we were being pretty fair in the first one. So... Who knows what the second one will bring? We'll get the the world's greatest minds in peace here to try to get you to come to your senses. But anyway, all right. So yes, treaties off the table. Podcast war rages on. We've 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 resumed the battles over the past few weeks against you, and it, it's going to keep happening until you stop your kowtowing, which I don't think you can unless you stop your podcasting. So. You you know what what the deal is here, Jim. Been, I've been nothing but open and honest with you and your podcast and your your sycophantic podcast host, co-host, whatever you want to call it. So bring it on, Jim. And this week, you know, that brings me to my next point. I've been doing a lot of talking about Jim Cornette and his obvious kowtowing. It's obvious. Everyone knows what he does. No one likes what he does. Probably. But you know what? I Maybe it's always a possibility because up here high in the adorable boy tower in my studio, my state-of-the-art podcasting studio, which would put most radio studios to shame in my opinion. But anyway, all the way up here and then at my palatial estate, I can be, you know, set apart from the common man. 
the sons of plumbers out there and the plumbers themselves. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to get in, maybe I need to get in touch with the public. I mean, I'd come on this podcast. I talk to you, great ratings, great downloads, whatever, but maybe I'm out of touch. It's a possibility. It's happened to the greatest, uh, you know, entertainers. I mean, listen to Howard Stern. How, he's been out of touch for decades, but I mean, for a while he could be entertaining and now he's just, I don't, he, I don't think he knows how to make an entertaining show. But anyway, I digress. I could be out of touch. So what I want to do is I want to take it to the streets. I want to get out there. I want to ask the common man, the sons of plumbers out there. I want to ask them what they think of Jim Cornette. Maybe I'm wrong. I will, I will evaluate, reevaluate my my thoughts here. If they tell me that Jim Cornette is a quality podcaster, or you know they love listening to his podcast, or any of these things that they hate when when kayfabe gets broken too, and they they hate AEW and and they hate you know Kenny Omega and all the other people that Jim Cornette hates. And and so maybe I'm wrong. I'm gonna. So what we did this week. We went to the streets and we asked the common man, and, and this is a the first time uh, during the podcast war, the hashtag podcast war at Adorable Podcast on Twitter. We did this pre pre recorded bit just to see what people feel about Jim Cornette. So I'm going to play that, and then we'll uh, come back and we'll talk some more. All right. Uh, this clip is only about two minutes, but I, I'm I, I feel like it gets the job done. Okay, this is Spud from the Adorable Boys. Uh, I am on location at uh, the Broadway Mall in Hicksville, New York. And I am asking people, what do they think about kowtowing podcaster Jim Cornette and his kowtowing podcast? Okay, sir. Uh, hi. What do you think about Jim Cornette's kowtowing podcast? Is everything wrong with our culture? Wow, I, I think that's very well said. Thank you very much. Hi, miss. Yes, thank you. Um, I want to do a little word association with you, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just say it. Um, okay. I'm going to tell you, th- I'm going to say this name, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Jim Cornette Podcast. Oh! Oh, oh my gosh, she fainted. Oh, the Jim Cornette Podcast is so offensive to this woman, she fainted. Okay, hello, sir. How would you describe Jim Cornette? Uh, puffy. Okay, one, uh, funny. Um, okay, one more question. In the in the ranking of podcasts, where would you rank uh, Jim Cornette's podcast? Um, probably in your toilet. Now that's where I would put it, definitely. Okay, you sir, step right up. Uh, what would you compare Jim Cornette's personality to? Wooden shoes. Yeah, I would say his podcast is as boring as wooden shoes. Thank you. All right, you can you can step down now. Thank you. All right, next one. Okay, this is going to be the final one at the Broadway Mall in Hicksville, New York. Let me ask you, Miss. How many times does Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette, excuse me, kowtow during a, 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 a typical episode of his podcast? Oh, a lot. Like a hundred something? So there you have it. The public's opinion uh, on Jim Cornette and his kowtowing podcast. All right. That settles that, huh? I guess I'm not out of touch. The public feels what the public feels. One woman, one woman fainted. She was all right in the end. No worries. And and they're just right. They're, I mean, he's kowtowing. He's he's boring. His wooden shoes. And the podcast belongs in a toilet. There, that's it. So Jim Cornette, you brought this upon yourself. Had you signed the treaty, these things wouldn't be out there in the ether as they are now. 
but you wouldn't do what's best for you, Jim Cornette. You wouldn't do what's best for your podcast, and you wouldn't do what's best for podcasting in general. And this is what you get. I can't help you, Jim, because you refuse to help yourself. So there you go. Uh, I, I mean, I guess we can talk a little bit about other podcasts. Um, they continue to kowtow. Mark Maron's podcast still still gets numbers. Uh, it's still kowtowing, and and I tried to listen to it, but uh, I couldn't. I I just I I blacked out actually, and then I woke up, um, in someone else's bed, my neighbor's bed. I don't know what happened, but. That's, I mean, that's what the podcast did to me. I can't say it's going to do it to everyone. I can't say it's going to do it to anyone else. Maybe I just feel too much as a trend-setting podcaster. You know, bad cow-towing podcast. They, they, a bad cow-towing podcast just, just has a bad effect on me. I, I black out. I apparently go into other people's house, you know? I, I don't know. Other people's houses. So... I don't know what I can tell you about the kowtowing of, of, of Mark Marin. Adam Kroll and Joe Rogan, they're still kowtowing. But I, you know what? I, let me take that back because I think they're finally getting it. As Joe Rogan had a, had a controversy where the like, employees at Spotify threatened to, to quit if they didn't edit Rogan's podcast for content. Now, Rogan, is, he's a former kowtower. He's, he's changing himself. And you know that you can kind of throw Corolla into this too. That they both, I mean, they just get on and talk their opinions, and I mean, their opinions are, are identified a lot of times as, you know, alt right, and they really aren't. They may have kowtowed in the past, and they're they're currently trying to reform themselves, and we give them time to do so. But they aren't alt right. They're just they have their opinions, and that has become, unfortunately, that's become dangerous. So you know, he go Corolla doesn't seem to care. Corolla has his own thing. I think he, he's on some kind of... He used to be completely independent, but I think he's on some kind of network now. But it seems like he's still independent because he's still the same guy. And Rogan had his, was completely independent as well, but then he signed with Spotify. And I don't... Spotify's not going to cave into this garbage. They, they didn't spend that much money on Rogan to, to censor him. So... Those two, Jim Cornette used Corolla and, and Rogan as a, as a roadmap of where you can go. You can stop kowtowing. You can do it. You can reform yourself. But the unfortunate, and maybe I'm cynical, maybe I'm, you know, just, just you're not going to stop. I can just tell. You're going to force us to continue to create consistent, high-quality, com- comedic content against you. In this podcast war. Hashtag podcast war. So you're just getting what you get when you when you make choices like you make, Jim. You're, you're, you're a social pariah. And you don't seem to care. And I don't care either. Because, you know, what do they know? What, is the, what do the masses know? I mean, other than the, the fans of the Adorable Boy podcast. But I don't mind that you're a social pariah, Jim. What I mind is you're a cow tower. You serve a higher master than just entertaining the audience. And I won't have it. I won't. And that's what this war is about. So there you go. Podcast war update for this week. Okay, we're going to... Frank and Means is telling me we have to take a break. I'm going to hear from our wonderful sponsors. And then we'll come back. 
and do some more stuff. We'll talk about the debate, the presidential debate, when we get back. Got a lot to say about that. And this is the Adorable Boy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Adorable Podcast. AOL keyword, Adorable Podcast. Uh, let's see, Instagram, at Adorable Podcast. Don't have much on there, but I think we're going to pretty soon. Um, don't forget to tune into Podtober. The, the episode's going to pop up. It's probably going to be at least two a week. Uh, maybe, maybe just one this week and start the two next week, since Podtober started in the middle of a week. But yeah, just look out for it. Where We did the first one. We, we talked about uh, Jim and Sam. It's a radio show on Sirius XM. And we just gave them some advice. And uh, yeah, so, so just follow us. We will be right back with the Adorable Boy Podcast. Suspenseful Cop Show, proud sponsor of the Adorable Boy Duel, bring to you Suspenseful Cop Show Character Profile, better looking than she should be female detective. So what's it like being a detective? Oh, I see so many horrific things that it makes it impossible for me to have a relationship. And men are always intimidated by women in power. Oh, then why, did, why are we on a date? Because it gives viewers a more intimate look into my character's psyche. No matter what, she always puts the victim's needs first. I know it's tough, but I promise, we're gonna put him away for good. But what if you don't find him before he gets to me? Well, then he'll probably kill you, and then we won't have any case against him. It doesn't happen too often. You want some juice? And when it's time to take care of business, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. I'll turn the lights off. Got him. Suspenseful cop show. Justice is a... Alright, ladies and gentlemen, Adorable Boy Disciples one and all, got some big news for you from one of our favorite sponsors, StuartMadison.com. Now, they, you know them as your go-to source for revenge. You want revenge, you go to Stuart Madison, they make a plan, they get you your revenge. But guess what? Now, they offer a new service. Now, this service, it, it, it's called Identity Theft. And what they do is they'll steal someone's identity and and transport. So let me let me go back on this. This is a live read, and, and they're going to love it. But okay, so let's say you're a person, you get Stuart Madison, they do revenge, they get their revenge for you. And likely, a lot of times, it's legal. It's illegal because they have really good professionals who are ex-convicts and currently incarcerated individuals who get this revenge for you. And a lot of times, they don't do it in the most legal of ways. So what Stuart Madison will do now is they will steal someone's identity for you and help you to get out of the country or out of the state, anywhere to, that you'll be safe. And then things can die down and you may be able to come back or you may not be able to come back. But either way, Stuart Madison has you covered. You're not going to find 
a better situation than this if you want revenge. Just take it from me. I'm, I'm, I'm well-versed in the game of, reven- of revenge. And StuartMadison.com has now got you covered from soup to nuts. They'll get you the revenge. They'll get you out of there. They'll keep you safe. They'll keep you anonymous to help you set up a new life. This is an amazing offer only for StuartMadison.com and Adorable Boy listeners. So you got a friend, turn them on to the Adorable Boy podcast. Get them uh, to Stuart Madison. Boom. Identity theft, safety for you and your family as well. So StuartMadison.com, the number one name in revenge. Go visit them and uh, tell them Spud sent you. Oi, this is Christian Bale, and when I'm not being the best Batman, I'm listening to the Adorable Boy Podcast. Yeah. All right, thank you, Christian Bale. Wonderful endorsement from you. Um, So here we are, we're going to go right into, we're going to start talking about the debates, because that's the big news, and... Uh, we you know we do the news segment at the end of the day, but this gets its own segment because it's big enough news, and we think I think that you guys are you know that you, you want to hear about this. So here we go. Let's hit that wonderful talk and debate music. Hail to the chief! He's the chief, and we should hail him. Hail to the chief, chief, a chief, a chief, a chief. Yes, we talking presidential debate blues. That's what we talking, daddy. I watched the entire debate. Uh, well, I listened to it mostly on my phone while I was doing other things. Uh, I don't think it changed anyone's mind. I know the media is going crazy. Um, I don't know. See, the thing was, I I, I listened to the whole thing. And of course, first of all, I was surprised that they gave each other a a cordial greeting. I get, you know, I mean, they said hi, how you doing, whatever. They didn't do the handshake because of uh, coronavirus. Um, and after that, from there, though, I mean, everyone's talking about how Trump interrupted, Trump interrupted, Trump interrupted, and he did. But that's who Trump is. That didn't turn off any of his voters. Maybe it made his debate performance um, less effective. But, I, you know, they broke it up into the questions basically by topic. And, I mean, the only one I think Trump might not have won was the coronavirus one. And I don't think Biden won that too handily. But, I mean, Trump asked Biden questions, and the moderator too, sometimes, that he just couldn't answer. That he didn't answer whether he would pack the Supreme Court. He didn't answer, um, I forget what it was exactly, but there was a, something that Kamala Harris said, which was... Uh, the opposite of what Biden was saying. He didn't answer about that and, and the, the disconnect there. All he, I mean, I, I, I kind of had a metaphor in mind. I feel like Trump was, you know, in the mud puddle, throwing mud, you know, getting filthy. And Biden would stand on the outside and say, I'm not going to throw mud. Then he'd get in, throw mud, hop out and say, I'm not going to throw mud. 
And I think that's kind of how the whole thing went. Uh, Biden seemed like he, every question and, and, you know, people are going to say, Oh, you're a Trumper. You're, you love Trump, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't keep, I don't express my political opinion here, but I mean, every question, I get disliking Trump. I know a lot of people do and I, and I understand and I even kind of can understand why, but you really got to think of what we're going to. This kind of happened, um, in the seventies when it was Nixon and the whole Watergate scandal, he, he resigns, uh, Ford takes over and then it's the election between, uh, Carter and Ford and people just wanted to change. They, they didn't really consider what they were changing to. And they went to Carter who, who, I mean, history looks back and, and history looks back at him as a great man, especially his post presidential efforts. But they do not look back on him as a good president because he, he wasn't. The foreign relations was bad. It was just a bad, bad presidency, bad four years. And then Reagan came and, and Reagan had success. But so you really got to consider what you're changing to. Biden says that he'll create jobs, doesn't really give him a, a way he will do that. Biden, I mean, he did stand up there and he lied about a few things, just outright lied. Uh and and then you know Biden again trying if if Biden wanted to play the the tact of being above it that could have worked for him but he didn't he interrupted Trump too not saying that he shouldn't have but he did he can't say he's above that because he did it uh, he called Trump a clown he said what I blah 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 um, he actually stayed pretty composed when Trump brought up his son which I was surprised that was a pretty um and not even the 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 money that he got, which Biden said was untrue, but I mean, reports, I, reports that he got this money. No one could say anything illegal happened, but, but this happened. Biden said that's untrue. Um, but the drug thing, when Trump brought that up, I was surprised Biden kept his composure through that. That's a tough one. He's talking about his kid. Um, so I, I don't think, I don't think Trump really won that, that, I don't think he, I, I guess if you had to pick a winner, I think it would have been Trump. Because Trump dominated. And, and in my opinion, Biden looked a little bit weak. And Biden, I don't know, he, in, in, in matters where he has to be tough with, with world leaders and all that, his performance in the debate didn't show me that he can be. He, he was, he, he held it together, but he didn't impose himself on Trump. You know, he didn't, Trump showed that he was a stronger person there. And, and then you have Biden, you take you couple that with Biden's plans for getting jobs and we're going to have jobs and, and and all this, but but no real way on how to do that. And his, as I said before, his reluctance to address packing the Supreme Court, he wouldn't say whether he would do that or not. Trump, I thought, was smartly went after him early and basically made him make a choice: you're either going to say you're with Bernie Sanders or you're going to say you're not. And the Bernie Sanders far left kind of thing. And Biden said, I am the Democratic Party, which was, and, and the far left right now is saying, okay, but especially if he gets elected, especially, I mean, if he doesn't get elected, it doesn't matter. But if he gets elected, there is a rift there. And, I, and I'm telling you this, there is a rift there that is going to grow and grow and grow. And Biden's not going to come out on top of that. So we'll, we will have a weak president within his own party. Never mind in the whole, uh, landscape of domestic politics, but then the, the, the world politics stage. Do we really need that? Uh, I don't think so. 
So I think if you're really evaluating this, yes, Trump came off as, as crass and rude and all the things that we all know that he is and has been. The moderator lost complete control. I mean, in my head, because I was listening to it, I wasn't watching it. I just, I just imagine just papers flying all over the room when the moderator is trying to get control. It was, it was pretty bad. Though I, it's, it's a tough job to do that, but I mean, don't take it if you can't. Uh, the, the moderator asked a few gotcha questions and he did it to both of them. And I wouldn't say he was, he was harder on Trump, but Trump's reactions were, were harsher, which, which almost made an adversarial, uh, relationship between the two. But, but Wallace did, he tried, he, he mentioned some, some things that didn't add up that Biden said and did. And, and a lot of those things Biden couldn't answer. And the thing, you know, again, you can be Trump for Trump, you can be for Biden. The, the danger here is that one of these candidates will be held to task for things that they didn't do. Never mind things that they do. Everything Trump does, he will, it will be, whether it's good or bad, it'll be ridiculed, it will be put under a microscope, it'll be a million different ways analyzed, and, and everyone telling you that he's terrible. Biden will get, as, as you see in the debate, Biden will get away with things. And yeah, there will be right-wing media calling it, but, but the majority of the media won't challenge him. And I, I, the Democratic Party, in my opinion, even though he came off looking better than a lot of people thought he would there, better than I thought he would, the Democratic Party is in shambles, in my opinion. And that's because I think that they've been so focused. Everyone has been so focused from, from middle to, to far left, so focused on hating Trump and getting rid of him, that the Democratic Party is falling apart. And if Biden does win, now that's on the microscope. Yeah, they'll blame Trump for, for years and years and years, but there will come a time, and it will be quick. It won't be years and years. There will come a time when people are going to say, yeah, okay, Trump was bad, but look what you're doing. And then there's division within the party. And then they're going to probably, I mean, there's no indication that they're not going to move to expand the number of Supreme Court justices and then pack them with Democrats, obviously. Uh, Biden says that he'll, he'll govern for, for the Democrats and the Republicans, but he won't. He hasn't and he won't. And none of them do. None of them do. He's going to, it's unconstitutional that the Supreme Court isn't another Congress. The Supreme Court is there to interpret law, the law that's already there, not based on their feelings, based on what they understand the Constitution to be. They need to be fair, they need to be fair minded. And they're not going to be. I mean, for the most part. Um, it's, it's just, this debate really, I, it told us everything that we know, but it just kind of distilled it into one thing. The media is not going to go after Biden. Biden doesn't seem to have many plans, or at least he's not saying them. Uh, they will, he will go farther left if elected. He will. There's no, because, and this is probably how it's going to happen. He's going to, he is going to try to maybe build a little, a small bridge, just like Obama did. And, and when he, when he was president and Biden was vice president. He will try to work with the Republicans, and as soon as he even shows a sign of that, the farther left in his party are going to attack him. They seem to have a lot of power. And if, if we've seen nothing else, we've seen that this, this left part, and you know, I, my lifelong, you know, I, I, I had Democratic, um, you know, uh, leanings, 
But this party, they're going to try to get power. And once they do, they won't ever want to relinquish it. And there's no one to hold them accountable, as I said before. The press will not call these people out on the terrible things they do and on the policies that won't work, that haven't worked in the past and will be implemented and won't work again. Only no one's going to call them on it. They'll just be free to do whatever they want. That is the danger. That is what we're, we're, we're not even voting for a party or a candidate. We're, we're voting on whether or not we're going to even have a choice anymore. I mean, this party will, in, in, in no uncertain terms, they tell you many, multiple things they want to do that just upend the Constitution. That's just completely unconstitutional. We talked about it last week or the week before about abolishing the Electoral College. Now, listen, the, the reason that the, the, the Constitution is supposed to be a fluid document to change to the needs of the country at the time, we're very different than we were, you know, in 1776 when we were founded. So there are, the amendment system is there to, to change it. But if you're going to change a part of the Constitution, you really, really have to think about it carefully and you have to only do it if it's absolutely the right thing to do. Voting rights, those are the right thing to do. A, a, a host of things, a host of amendments that, that are good things. To abolish the Electoral College is ridiculous and that's what they want to do. They make no, they make no bones about it. And if Biden wins, they probably will will drop it until it's clear that it'll help them again. And and it's just we we can't run a country like that. We can't have a, a political party taking the rest of the country hostage, which is what's I don't I'm not fear mongering, and it's not going to be that you know it's not going to be oh Biden's president it's anarchy, or you know tyranny would be more likely. But it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a small incremental loss of rights over and, and over and over and over. And then before we know it, we're trapped in something that isn't America. And I just think we need to be we need to be careful. And it's not the Republicans who can fix this. It needs to be sensible people from the Democratic Party saying, no, this plan won't work. We're not going to do it. Let's make a real plan to address whatever the the situation is. You know, the Green New Deal is a ridiculous document it is i've read it it's it's not going it's not going to work end of story it just won't but you know what you want to address climate change you want to address the the environment and keeping us safe and all that and l allowing us to still live on this planet you want to address those things i think we should we need a sensible person from the democratic party to to address them out of, and biden's plan and, and and the green new deal which i don't know if biden knows which is which it's, it's not going to work. It's just words. That's what it is. They've shown us over and over again that they're, they're just words meant to get the vote. And once the vote is gotten, when the, when the policies don't work, they will blame the other side. And the media will not hold them accountable. They won't. Fox News will kind of, but not even really. And then the other ones will just tell you how great everything is. And dangerous it's dangerous and and again i'm not fear-mongering i'm not saying it's gonna be riots in the streets what which they already are i guess but it's gonna be slowly and slowly and slowly we're gonna continue to lose our mind i i'm hoping we're at the worst part of it where you can barely have good productive political discourse everything turns into a fight 
And if you don't agree with someone, you're then called a racist or a homophobe or a sexist or any, or any number of things that you may or may not be. But I, I'm hoping this is the, the low point and we don't have to go any worse because worse is, is really bad because you're going to see the violence on both sides. And it's, it's, oh, and that was another thing during the, during the debate. Joe Biden saying that Antifa isn't a, a organization. It's, it's an idea. I mean, there, there are clearly, there are accounts and I'm sure there are websites, there are Twitter accounts for Antifa. So whether they're a cohesive unit, which I think there is probably some cohesion in there, but, and, but also just people claiming they're Antifa, you know, just loosely, there's both of those things. That doesn't mean it's just an idea. You can't, that's another thing about Biden that, I mean, I haven't heard much about. You can't just deny reality. He just stood up there and lied about Antifa. Why are we allowing him to do that? We should hold him accountable. It's ridiculous. And, you know, it took him a while, took them all a while to say anything about the riots. Now, he didn't say he was for them. Not really, I guess. But he, he took a long time to say he was against violence, which is weird. And then the other issue with the thing was uh, the white supremacist question. Now, I feel like Trump just could have been smarter and just said, yeah, I denounce white supremacy, which he kind of did, actually. Uh, but you could tell, I mean, he you know who he is from these four years and, and all the years he's been uh, in the public eye. He didn't want to give the moderator, Joe Biden, or, or the left uh, as a whole, he didn't want to give them, give them the satisfaction of them making him say something. That's what it seems to me. I could be wrong. Maybe he's for white supremacists. I don't think so. But that's I, I think it's that he doesn't want to give them the satisfaction. That's why he reacted the way he did to the question. And he basically did denounce them. And then he mentioned the Proud Boys. But if you read the transcript and, and watch it again, he asked them, he said, who do you want me to denounce? To, to denounce. And uh, Chris Wallace said something. And then Joe Biden, lowly, he said, uh, Proud Boys. And then he said, "Proud boy, stand down," which wasn't which wasn't giving him an order. It's ridiculous to say that. It just is. It's just it's untrue, and it's it's just terror. It's it's just false. He was saying, "Yeah, d- denounce them." That's what that's what that he meant there, and it's it's obvious. But of course, you go on Facebook or Twitter, and it's oh, Trump gave orders to the Proud Boys, and I I'm not familiar with the Proud Boys Proud Boys that much. I I know the leader. Why are they a white supremacist group? I'm not saying they aren't. I just what do they do that's white supremacist? I don't I don't understand. Um, but you know Biden's coming out and saying he won the debate, and Trump and, and Senator Schumer saying that Biden should have a, a mute button for Trump, which is I mean he can't be serious. He said it seriously, I guess. You can't give a candidate a mute button over the other candidate. That's insane. Just hand him the election. They also talked about uh, voter fraud, which I don't know if it's going on a lot or not, but it's a possibility. And the, it, it's just odd to me and, and suspicious that there are, when someone says, nope, nope, can't happen, can't happen, won't happen, can't happen. I mean, it can happen. I'm sure it does happen uh, to a large degree. I don't know. But it's just very suspicious and it gets me wondering when someone is so quick to completely dismiss something. Like voter fraud, it, it happens. It definitely happens. But but you'll hear people. They'll say, you know, oh, we got to protect against voter fraud, and the other person said, oh, it doesn't happen, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. Okay, 
just it's the debate was the same as the the debate as the debate has been for the past however many months of this presidential season. The adorable boys just hope it goes well. We just hope that America can I don't know, find a way to come together. This is this is unbelievable. And we're getting to the point where we can stand. As Abe Lincoln said, a house divided against itself can't stand. I mean, we're, 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 if we're not careful, now again, I don't want to fear monger, but if we're not careful, we're heading towards that way. It might take a while, or it might not. But we just, we, we, the American people need to learn to think for themselves and not to just take news and then make it your opinion and then fight angrily. And, and I mean, people, you can't, and again, it's the left, you can't, if you support Trump, you're a racist. There's no, no two ways about it to them now. And they, they love to say it. They've been saying it for years. But every, every new thing is the last step. If you support Trump, you're complicit in racism. No. No, I'm not. No, they're not. They, they weren't served by the Democratic Party, and they don't want them running things. That's, that's why they support Trump. Trump has not done anything over, no matter how many times they try and paint it this way, he has not done anything to overtly show that he's racist. He hasn't. It's the, that's it. But now everything, there's a local uh, politician here, and, and that's, I, I checked out her Facebook last night, and she's not, she's, she's not the incumbent, she's never served, but she's running now. And she said, you know, it's no longer, if, if, you're, if you support Trump, you're complicit in his racism. It's it's ridiculous, and I don't want that person anywhere near public office. Nowhere near it. So that's uh, that's the adorable boy debate coverage. We'll we'll talk about the next one. I think it's next Wednesday. But I just hope. I mean, the debate's going to go. It's it's going to be a little more tame than this one. The moderator is probably going to have a little more control because they can see you know the 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 clown show that this one was, and no no nothing big will happen. And I think, I don't, I don't think Biden is, is, is equipped to beat Trump at this moment in a debate, but he'll hit on racist things and he'll blah, blah, blah. And then Trump will attack him and, you know, whatever. But there you go. That's the adorable boy debate coverage for the 2020 presidential election, the first debate. All right, let's move on to other things here. Okay, let's see. I got a, I got a whole thing of show prep prep in front of me here. So got a lot of stuff, uh, in the offing for the Adorable Boy disciples on the Adorable Boy podcast. I'm probably, we'll get to it in, the, in coming weeks. But uh, right now, I want to talk about something that I, I meant to talk about uh, just months ago, I think. But uh, what happened was we had the whole, we lost the other Adorable Boys. And I just, it just got lost in the shuffle. So this was big news, probably, I don't know, probably June, maybe May, June, July, somewhere around there. And it was the whole, it, it was, there was a lot of talk back then about, blackface and using it and, and and whatever and there was a few celebrities who got in trouble for it you got um jimmy kimmel he he had a few skits from his old days i think the man show days one way he was carl malone and he dressed in blackface another uh, i don't remember what the other ones were but i mean he's always kind of not always but back in the man show days he did some racial not saying racist but racial humor he then had jimmy fallon who did a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I forget who he was playing, but he, he did blackface. And 
he imitated the character. And then you had Howard Stern, who did a blackface quite a few times in the late 80s, early 90s. He had a show they always called the Channel 9 show. It was on Channel 9 in New York. And they would do sketches and stuff. And he did blackface quite a few times on there. Um, so I want to talk about, because all three of them got in trouble for it, and all three of them were kind of un- under fire for it, Jimmy Fallon seeming to, seemingly to be the worst at the time. Uh, and I just want to talk about the 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 situation that we find and how, how people are manipulating this entire thing. So first of all, let me say, I mean, people find blackface offensive and that's fine. I, I, I get it. So I understand people getting offended when people do blackface and they should. I, I agree. Though I think people should be able to do it freely. They shouldn't, you know, they're not then free from the consequences of it. And I understand that. That's not necessarily a free speech. I don't think the government should come and say you can't do blackface. But I think people can criticize it and people can write about it. And that's that's how this is supposed to work. Um, and the government isn't, you know, saying blackface is illegal. So I'm not saying that either. But anyway, uh, so but but let's look at th- there's a selectiveness in who we get mad at. And you'll hear about it if it happened, especially now it'll come to light. But not everyone will, will suffer the consequences. So I, I kind of, in, in order to make sense of this, I kind of, there's, there's two groups of people, and, and there are a lot of people that have gotten in trouble and not gotten in trouble for doing blackface. But I'm just going to focus on, on, I think, five. So you have one group, and you have, and this isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily blackface, it's, it's something racial. So you have, I'm going to do one group, is going to be, Megyn Kelly, the former news anchor, and uh, Don Imus, former radio host. I think he died last year or this year. He recently passed away. And then in the other group, you're going to have Kimmel, Fallon, and Howard Stern. Let's look at Imus and Megyn Kelly first. Okay, so you have Imus. Imus was a radio guy. He, I think he was national. I know he was on CNBC, I think, his radio show for a while. A while. Uh, and then, so he, he's been in radio since, I don't know, the 60s maybe he had been in radio. And he got, he was pretty popular in the 80s, him and Howard Stern on uh, WNBC. If you've watched Howard Stern's movie, you've seen that. So he was at, it was uh, in New York, the, the frequency is 6.60 a.m. And he was at 6.60 a.m. I don't even know how long, but for a long time. He did the morning show. Uh, when they changed, it went from WNBC to WFAN. It was a sports show, sports uh, station, but he still did the morning show. And he was there for, for really a long time. And in 2007, I believe it was 2007 or 2008, he was talking about the Rutgers women basketball, women's basketball team. And he, I mean, it's supposed to be a funny show and controversial. And he said something, I don't even know the quote, but the exact words were nappy-headed hoes. Which, you know, it's a stupid thing to say, I guess, you know, I mean, but by this, I wouldn't say it because I just, not my style. Anyone who listens to the Adorable Boys knows my style. But it's hardly the worst thing I've ever heard. And it's not only that, it's not like it was a, a, a premeditated bit. It just came out of his mouth. And, you know, that happens in broadcasting. And maybe he is racist. I don't know. But I don't think, I, I it always, it always baffled me as to why that got him into so much trouble because people have said much worse but then i, I look into it and and i'll get to it i'm gonna go to so he got so i miss got fired for saying nappy headed hose you then have megan kelly who 
again, I'm not, I don't remember exact, the exact specifics, but she didn't make a joke. She didn't dress in blackface. She didn't do any of that. She said once, and it's, I don't, I've never been a fan of Megyn Kelly so I, or Don Imus. So it's, it's interesting for me to be defending them here. But she said something like, she asked the question, why is it so offensive to be in blackface? That's all she did. Um, maybe it's a stupid question, one she shouldn't ask, one that's going to get her into trouble. But she did that. Again, it wasn't premeditated. It, it just came out of her mouth. So it's not like it was a, a work that she slaved over. She just said it. So you have those two. And then you have, we're going to start with Jimmy Kimmel, who did a sketch, maybe more, I don't know, where he impersonated, uh, I think I think it was Eddie Murphy, but I'm not sure. And I mean, really, again, I'm, I'm, he's in the, another group separate from Imus and Megyn Kelly, but I don't think there was any malicious intent there. I think he was impersonating somewhere dark skin, so he, he put makeup on for dark skin. And this was early 2000s, I believe. So I, I, I just don't know why there was such... So, well, here, I do kind of know why. With, with him, with this whole group, Stern, Kimmel, and, and uh, Fallon, it was, it's, it's just it's blowback because if you say if you if you disagree with someone the, there's a there's a section of the society that's going to call you a racist no matter what even if it's not on an issue of race so this was blowback this was the other people on the other far far side the right the far right side saying okay you're going to do that well what about these three these three liberal icons and jimmy fallon doesn't i mean he seems like he's caught in the middle i i i don't know jimmy fallon i've I've never gotten anything malicious off of him. So whatever. I'm not defending his character, but what he did, I mean, you know, th and this is the kind of world we live in when we weaponize, you know, opinions. So Jimmy Fallon and blackface on a sketch. Jimmy Kimmel's was a little different because Jimmy Kimmel's, while Fallon kind of impersonated the person, Jimmy Kimmel made his, uh, it, it just, it, his did seem malicious to me. And he's, a more, he was, he's always a more malicious type of comedian than Jimmy Fallon is. So he did blackface. Uh, oh, and oh, I, you can throw Sarah Silverman into this too because she did blackface on a show. So she's in this group too. But she's a lesser celebrity, if you could even call her a celebrity. But, um, okay, so Jimmy Kimmel dressed up as Karl Malone and he put on this, like, this stupid sounding voice and, and just, you know, I, I, I've never actually seen the whole sketch, but he did, he did, he, he blackface and whatever. So that's about all you need to know about his. And then Howard Stern, I mean, multiple times did blackface. He, he pretty offensive blackface, to be honest with you, with you. Uh, it, it was like, and I guess he was going for over the top, but it's still offensive. I mean, his, is, I believe, is the most offensive of all of these. It was pretty bad. And then couple that with, I mean, there's a lot of quotes going on around, that went around back then about, especially his opinion on the Rodney King thing. It was pretty, pretty racist. racist. And of course, you know, there's always the, the uh, concept that, and the accusation that the only reason he has uh, Robin Quivers as a sidekick is so that people won't look on his racist humor, um, you, know, any, you know, people will give him a pass for it, let's say. So his, yeah, he dressed up as Ted Danson, and he had just a big, because at a point in the early 90s, Ted Danson went out in public at some press conference when he was dating Whoopi Goldberg. He went out in blackface. And it was a controversy, and it blew it blew over. But 
he dressed in like really offensive blackface, like really dark black and then white around the mouth. And Howard Stern imitated that. And then he had um, Sherman Helmsley, who played George Jefferson. George Jefferson, uh, he was playing Whoopi. Um, and he there was other times he did blackface. If you look on, on online, you can find the pictures. There's one where he has a an Afro wig, or maybe it was actually his hair. I don't know. He has that type of hair. Um, completely blackface, and just you know, you know, he did racist humor. He did a lot of sexist humor too. But you know, let's be honest. So. You got these three, this group, uh, Kimmel, Fallon, and Stern, and, and to a lesser extent, Silverman, who in 2019, 2020, got in trouble for it, but didn't lose their jobs. Megyn Kelly and Imus both lost their jobs. So let's look into why that is. Do you, I mean, is it because people are just, you know, zealous, uh, you know, equality warriors? Is that the reason? Or is there another reason? But okay, so let's look at, let's look at Imus. Imus had been a WFAN for decades. I'm sure he was doing fine, but he probably plateaued. And he was, he was old at the time, too. It was 10 years ago. 13, about 13 years ago. WFAN was probably looking towards the future and realizing, you know, Imus, what's his shelf life? You know, when is this going to start going down? If he's plateaued and he's been at this plateau for, for years, maybe even a decade at that point in 2007, where is this going? So the, I would say, in my opinion, and I don't have any inside information on this, that management w- was always kind of on the lookout for any, any way they could get rid of him. Because, I mean, he, 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 unlike you know, Stern, he didn't have this huge brand. He was a radio guy and people respected him, but that was it. He wasn't bringing in anything new. He wasn't dynamic. He wasn't young. He wasn't any of those things. So then this comes along, a fairly innocuous comment, and I would bet that if you went back into the history of Imus in the morning, he said much worse things. I would almost guarantee it. But when, when this happened, I mean, it seems to me like they were like, oh, we can get him here. Let's, you know. And his own company is what I'm talking about. So they allowed it to build fire, build fire, build fire. Maybe even they helped it. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I have no idea. But, and then they said, oh, well, we got to get rid of you. And it's not because they look, they're, they're so worried about racial justice and equality. It's because they didn't want him anymore. It was a money, it was a money decision masqueraded as, as moral. These people, they, they don't, I can't speak about the individuals, but when they get together in a, in a corporate setting, they'll fake like they have morals, but, but you know, they don't really. So that's Imus. And then you have Megyn Kelly who, I, I th- what is it, NBC, I think it was, they gave her this huge contract to, she had her own show and she was on the Today Show. And, I, listen, I, she's not a relatable woman. And, and if you're going to give a woman a, a daytime show, they have to be relatable to the people that are home in the daytime to watch it. Megyn Kelly is, is in my opinion, pompous. She's, she's elitist. And, and she was on Fox News and she was all these things then too. I never liked her as, as, a, as a news person or as a whatever, host, presenter, whatever you want to call her. So I think, in my, again, I have no inside information on this, but NBC hired her for this, invested all this money and time and energy and, and resources into her to give her a daytime show and put her on uh, whatever, whatever show they have. And, and I think what they were probably seeing is that people didn't like her. 
and not, because it's she just she wasn't relatable and she she just didn't in my opinion she's annoying and i think a lot of people find her annoying and she's also she's not i mean she's i don't respect her because when she was with fox news she did what she had to do to get to climb up the ranks at fox news and when she went away from fox news she she changed she you know she even though she was she was always you know unrelatable and and just all the things that I said she is or was in my opinion that's all my opinion so I think with in that situation NBC said we got to get rid of this lady even though maybe they had to pay her contract I don't know but it would still be worth more to them to get someone in who 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 could accomplish what they wanted and again I have no insider information but do you think NBC fired her for asking if I mean this was a really small one she asked the question do you think they fired her because they just so care so deeply about equality. Did that comment, did that question, you know, hurt people? I don't think so. So I think with both Imus and Megyn Kelly, the, 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 the corporate overlords, we'll call them, they wanted to fire them and they, they just looked and they found the reasons. Easy. Now we're going to look at Stern, Kimmel, and Fallon. Fallon hosted The Tonight Show, an institution on TV, not easy to get someone into that that's successful, and he is. He's very successful at it. People know him. People like him. People like Fallon. So they put a lot of energy and resources into building him from when he had the late night show, the, the one after the Tonight Show, and then to when he had the Tonight Show. And they had that whole big controversy with Conan O'Brien and Leno before him. They needed a stalwart for decades. They needed Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, ABC has... Uh, invested in him. He'd been there for 18 years now. And, you know, they built his brand and he's accepted. I don't know what his ratings are. I don't know what any of their ratings are. But people know him. He he, he gets viral videos. It's a brand. It's, it's a constant on NB, uh, ABC. He's also, he, he's outspokenly liberal. So he has, he's, he's good there. He speaks, you know, he goes on and he cries about healthcare. I'd wonder how much he gives to, to charities. But anyway, how much did you think Jimmy Kimmel gives to St. Jude? I don't know. Now, Adam Carolla, who I respect, always has only good things to say about Jimmy Kimmel. But let's, you know, I don't know him personally. I'm just looking at this situation. What Jimmy Kimmel did was offen more offensive than anyone other in this list other than Howard Stern. And he came on, he apologized, and then he blamed right-wing trolls for making it happen, which is probably true. Uh, but anyone else would have been fired. Well, not anyone else, but... You know, other... Well, we'll get to why he wasn't fired. Howard Stearns was just despicable. His blackface, you know, that, that's the only word for it. Different time, yes. But different person, definitely fired. No question. D fired and, and, and disgraced. And let's be honest. It, this whole controversy took its toll on his legacy. His legacy was down anyway because he's been doing a show, I don't know, for at least six, seven years that is actually... In my opinion, pure garbage. It's not before that. It wasn't the old Howard Stern, but it was okay. All he does now is do these ridiculously stupid bits. He he tries to he's trying to build these characters from people that no one cares about. He built character. He was great at building characters in his day. Stuttering John, Gary, uh, the later times Richard, Richard and Sal, Jackie. He built all these characters. He he. Of course, the people had something to do with it, the individuals, but he molded it and presented it well. And he's trying to do that, and he can't. Because he's too busy, 
you know, interviewing Gwyneth Paltrow or whoever, whatever the celebrity of the day is and whatever. But what he did was, was, was most despicable. But now let's look into his, situa- his situation. All right. Sirius invested a ton of money into him uh, in 2006. And he's not making as much now, but he's still making a lot. You know, I know, I know from firsthand knowledge, they, you know, remodeled an entire end of their, their building. Well, their floors on their building. Uh, made, you know, special things for special entrances, all this type of stuff just for him. And then, and, you know, he's probably, he was worth it, I would say, because in my opinion, there are a few types of, of satellite radio customers. There's the ones who buy a new car and say, sure, I'll take it. And there are the ones who, like, for doctor's offices and banks and all that kind of stuff who just want music that they can, you know, never worry about it, just be there. And if they put on the right channels, it won't be offensive. There are truck drivers who, who need it because it doesn't change as you go across the country. It's, you can stay on the same stations. And then there are the, the diehards that are basically fans of Howard Stern. And it's, it's, a small, it's a small group in relation to the other groups put together, but it's still significant. And, and Howard Stern is kind of their face, and he has been for a while. So that would be why they're, they're reticent to let him go. He's still making money for them. So despite the, the again, this common theme, he's still making money. I miss Megyn Kelly not making as much money as they could. Howard Stern, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, brands making money must not be fired. That's how it goes. Even though Howard Stern's was, you, won't, you probably won't find a more despicable display of, of racism than that stuff. I don't know if Howard Stern's racist. This was 20, 30 years ago. But if we're playing by these rules, Howard Stern should have been gone. He could have evolved in the last three decades. And he, he, you could even make the case that he wasn't racist then. It was just a mistake and a, and a different time. But with the, with the rules we're playing by, some people get forgiven, others don't. And the, the, the difference is the people who get forgiven are making money and, and, are, and are, are positive for their brand. And the people who don't get forgiven aren't making money. And that's, that's where this is. That's my whole point in all of this. This isn't about justice. This isn't about equality. This is, uh, like mostly everything else, is about making money and, and ignoring morals to do so. Nothing wrong with making money. But, but if, if you're going to, if, if as a society, if we're going to chastise some and, and ruin their careers and not do that to others for much worse offenses, it needs to be called out. And that's what the adorable boys do. And that's what I just did. All right. I'm glad to get that off my chest. I know it's not a, a current trending topic, but it is, it's relevant. So I just wanted to get, I wanted to get that said. All right. We're going to head to commercial and we're going to come back and we're going to do some news. We're going to talk about the news. A lot to talk about. President Trump and the first lady have coronavirus. Uh, we talked about the debate earlier, so we're going to find some news stories to talk about. So you, give me your opinion on the blackface thing on anything uh, at adorablepodcast at gmail.com. At g- adorablepodcast at gmail.com. I'm sorry. At adorablepodcast on Twitter. At adorablepodcast on Instagram. Facebook, the Adorable Boy Podcast. All right. The Adorable Boy Podcast will be back after this.
Hi, I'm Slonia Insurance Company, CEO and President Whit Yulman. At Slonia Insurance, we understand that we are in unprecedented times, and we understand what you're going through because we're going through it ourselves as well. The new normal is scary, but if we stick together, we can achieve anything. Like other insurance agencies, we've decided to waive late fees so that you know that we are here for you in these difficult, difficult, difficult times. So please, wear your mask, social distance, and remember one thing. Our generosity will not last forever. We want you to know that as soon as it is socially acceptable, we are going to come after you for our money. Right now, we have to be nice. We have to waive fees. We have to pretend that we care about you and your needs. What we want you to know is that it won't be sunshine and rainbows forever. Right now, we have a team of lawyers, agents, and public relations specialists that are coming up with a way for us to get every cent that we are owed. We are committed, and even if it takes 100 years in our last collective breath, we will get our money from you. Now, the small percentage of you who are actually paying attention may say, Hey, I don't like this. I'm going to go to another insurance agency. My response? Go right ahead. Be our guest. Let me explain to you how insurance works. Don't worry, I'll dumb it down. There are many insurance agencies and many branches of each company. Each one of us try to get customers in with warm greetings and promises. Lovely, sunshine-filled promises. But since every agency treats customers exactly the same way, customers invariably get mad at one and go to another. Every single one of you squalid lot needs insurance. So there's a constant stream of unsatisfied customers coming from one agency to another. And research suggests that after five years, you'll forget how much you hate us anyway and come right back. So in summation, enjoy this pandemic fueled reprieve because we are going to come for our money as soon as we can. Sonia Insurance. Tick tock, peasants. Oh, and we're against racism too. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, we're back. Yes, we are back on the Adorable Boy podcast. Going to get into some news. I uh, just reminded of the last week I had to rush out of here. We had to, we got everything done, but I had to get out of here quick because I had a meeting to go to with the management. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just a waste of my time, you know, because I'm creative. I'm the creative end of this. I don't care about sales. I don't care about marketing. I don't care about any of that. I give that to the bean counters. I'm a creative genius. So I don't need to hear about sales or how much we're selling. You know, our sponsors love us because they're loyal and they they know that they get results from us. They get great advertising. 
Stuart Madison, you know, uh, Sonia Insurance, all, all those. They've been with us forever. That's all I need to know. I, I put out a good product. They're happy. I don't need to know the numbers. Anyway, get into some news, biggest news. Um, we had the debate. We talked about that. That was pretty big news uh, last week or this past week. Uh, Trump having COVID and Trump and Melania both have COVID, been di- um, tested COVID positive. Uh, doctors say, you know, he could do nothing and still have like a 99% chance of full recovery, which is pretty typical from what, what I understand. I know the prime minister of England, he had it, uh, what's his name? Uh, Boris, uh, Boris Johnson, I think his name is, whatever, you know, he had it and he's fine. And a lot, you know, a lot of most people who get it are fine, but you know, we hope he, he does well. I wonder how he got it. I wonder who, I know that there are, are other members of his, his team that has it. Um, so I'm sure they got it from somewhere and then gave it to him. Uh, said he said he's feeling minor symptoms from the news reports that he's in good spirits, doing his work from quarantine and, you know. It happens, I guess. I think the funny thing is, though, I mean, the act, surprisingly, a lot of left-wing people made, you know, uh, noticeable. What word am I looking for? My words fail me right now. High-profile left-wingers are actually taking the high road. Uh, Rachel Maddow, the she's a news lady, very liberal. She said she hopes he gets better. She wouldn't wish COVID on, on her worst enemy. And she had, she had nothing but good things to say about President Trump, so good on her. Well, even Alyssa Milano, who's, you know, got on tirades against him for four years, she even came out and said, you know, that she wishes him good luck and all that. But then you go onto Twitter and, you know, they're not celebrities, they're just nobodies, anonymous nobodies, some anonymous, some not. And they're, you know, saying, oh, Trump is evil. But this is what, this is what you get when, this is what you breed when you breed, you know, radicalism. You're going to have even the, the top people, they're going to know when to say, all right, enough's enough. But the people they're influencing aren't. And that's what's happening. And that's why there are riots. And that's why there are all these things, because these people are being influenced from the top and they're being told lies and they're being told half truths. And everyone's you know, everyone's being told lies. You know, there's lies about everyone. Lies about Biden, lies about Trump. It just seems. And again, this goes back to the the media part. The media doesn't hold the left wing accountable. They just don't. They're not doing it right now. I'm not saying what they did in the past. I'm not saying what they'll do in the future. But right now, they're not. And this is what you get. You get radical. You get radicalized. And that's that's how it happens. So I think that's, I mean, that's. it seems like a big story. But really, there's not much else to say about that. Actor Rick Moranis got attacked in New York City. There's actually a video of it. It's, you can see it in like the, it's a street video. And he's like, I guess he's at a door or something and he's under scaffolding like they have in New York City. And the the picture, you can't tell it's Rick Moranis. It's just the news came out that it was him. Up in the top left, very blurry. Some guy just comes, punches him, keeps walking for no reason that I can tell. Uh, it would be funny if the guy, <laughs> the guy was just walking by and Rick Moranis maybe hurled an insult, maybe a racial slur, maybe something else. And that's why that guy punched him if that comes out. That's highly doubtful. He doesn't seem like a guy to do that. But it would just come, it would be the irony of, of, or the, this contrast of Rick Moranis and his mild mannered reputation and looks. <laughs> Him just muttering a slur and getting punched. I don't know. But anyway, I'm sure it was unprovoked. Rick Moranis seems like a good guy. 
this kind of thing happens and it's happening more. He said he's doing fine, so I'm glad about that. I hope they get this guy. Everyone wants – Rick Moranis is a guy that everyone loves. He's not polarizing at all. One of the few people out there that aren't polarizing. And it's I just saw him in a commercial recently. It's funny that this happened now, you know, that he was actually a little – he's out there more than he has been in 20 years. But the guy just hit him. He hit him. Looks like he hit him pretty hard and just kept walking for no reason. So that guy's going to get caught and, and no one's going to like that guy. That guy's in trouble. That's all I got to say about that. Hope they throw the book at him, actually. Maybe maybe he had a good reason. Maybe Rick had a, a deadly fly on his face and he was killing it for him. That could have happened. Definitely could have happened. Oh, back to the coronavirus thing. China is uh, apparently making fun of President Trump for the coronavirus. For getting the coronavirus. Uh, that sounds about right. Let's see. What else do we have in the news here? Oh, Tom, Arnold, Tom, Tom Arnold, insane actor. Well, ex-actor, because I haven't seen him in anything in a while. He tweeted out a, a member of the of uh, the White House Corps. I think one of President Trump's advisors, Hope Hicks. She got coronavirus, and he tweeted out her phone number because he's insane, in my opinion. That's an insane act. Uh, and now he de he deleted. I, he probably apologized. He, I saw it was weird. He seems to be. He never seemed to be all that with it. So I don't know why anyone would ever even talk about what he says. But I saw an interview with him, and he was well, there's an advertisement. I saw an interview with Tom Arnold once and he said that he had something big on Trump and the reporter was like, okay, what is it? And he just stared at him. I would play it for you, but it's, I mean, it, 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 it you have to see the video and he just, he's unhinged and tweeting out someone. He also, I saw a tweet that he had that pretty much from what I saw, uh, encouraged violence by the left wing against the right wing, which is always good. Tom Arnold, not giving you advice because... I just don't want to, but no one takes you seriously, so I don't know. Maybe you can marry Roseanne again. Maybe that'll make you relevant. I don't, you seem you seem to. I don't know if you had a mind. You seem maybe you were just being protected and and people protecting you from everyone seeing who you are. But you used to seem to be normal and sane, but now you act kind of crazy, in my opinion. But anyway, so that's Tom Arnold's reaction. He, to the coronavirus, he tweets out the name and number of someone who's gotten it. Let's see what else do we have here? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> see any news? I mean, the debate and the. I guess all the people around Trump who get tested for coronavirus, which means. Vice President Pence and all that. Notre Dame president who attended White House event last week test positive for coronavirus. A lot of coronavirus. But has over a 99% recovery rate, so I want some news that doesn't have to do with that. So let's see. Just surfing the net. I like to surf the net with you guys to find the news because that makes it more relatable to you. I could have the news just given to me and I could have Frank and Means just, just give it to me and then present it you know but you guys aren't looking for that you guys are looking for a friend to figure things out with and that's what i offer you just thought i'd tell you that that's how that's how the adorable boys work mm -mm -mm. 
see. It's going to be tough. I mean, it's only 32 days till the election and and Trump has to, you know, has to deal with the coronavirus. That's got to be tough. Very tough. Billie Eilish drops Bond theme video. I've only heard, I think, one song of that girl's. And I, I don't even classify it as a song. It's it's just, it's it's noise. And maybe I sound like, I mean, I'm hip and everyone knows that, but that's that statement could sound like I'm an old fogey, as as the kids say. I just don't get it. I don't get the music. I don't get any of it. Maybe she has a nice voice. I don't think I've ever heard her sing. And I've heard one of her songs. Well, let's see. Oh, the Nobel Prize. Uh, the winners get announced next week. I think Trump is nominated for three times. So the world's going to turn upside down when, when that happens. And uh, yeah, that's, it. that's about all in the news. So we had a great show today, I think. Uh, one for the ages. Talk presidential debate. We went to the street to talk about Jim Cornette. Talked about uh, the blackface controversy. And just didn't take any calls. Didn't get to them. Sorry. Phone lines are jammed. We'll definitely get to you next week. Ugh. These uh, advertisements. Stop it. We'll definitely get to the calls next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. It's just time kind of got away from me. Uh, we'll have an extended uh, call segment next week, and that'll be great for you guys. And that's it. Um, listen out for Podtober. Another one should be coming out in a few days. Then I'll get. I'll have a regular uh, schedule for them next week, probably, get, so you can count on when they're coming out and make sure you download them. Subscribe to us on Apple so they'll just tell you when the new episodes come out. Follow us on Twitter at Adorable Podcast. AOL keyword Adorable Podcast. Instagram at Adorable, Pod, Adorable Podcast. Get us on Facebook. Search the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week on the Adorable Boys Podcast. Uh, we will see you next week. Music